Hello and welcome to Theme Park Workshop. This is episode 26. My name is Kelly and I am here with Adam Johnson. Hello, it is I. And Bella Harvey. Hello, besties. And today we are going to be talking about some news. Uh, we'll be going over the good, the bob, and the phantasmic today. <laughs> imagination <laughs> in case no one heard the bob-shaped elephant in the room turns out disney has a new ceo which is their old ceo so bob is replacing bob bob chapek is out and Iger is back in the changing of the bobs <laughs> the changing of the bobs Wow. Um, lots of, I, that was news that I could not miss on Twitter the day that it happened, like seconds after everyone was freaking out. There were memes, there was excitement. I don't listen. I know a lot of people are saying this. I don't think he's going to make any like huge changes right away as far as like reversing things that have been done, but I just like him more. <laughs> so. Yeah. Cause like, I couldn't tell you why I was like, oh my gosh, I was literally in the movie theater. I was alone in the movie theater and the movie was about to start and then my phone starts blowing up in our group chat. I'm like, holy crap, like Bob Iger is back. I think I reacted more to the fact Bob Chapek is gone in the dead of night because it was like a 10 <laughs> o'clock showing. And that obviously like, that felt good. And like Bob Iger, that's a familiar name. So that also felt good. But I know some people are like, well, Bob Iger is also the reason why Disney was kind of getting into the way that it was getting with like owning everything and maybe not being the best for certain things. But he he vamoosed before like it could get worse if you consider that a bad thing. But yet after the three years of Chapek, it just felt right. It felt good. And with two years and some of the challenges that are coming up, I'm not upset about the choice. No, I'm not either. I, to be honest, I'm kind of terrified of Bob Chapek. He's kind of scary looking. Um, <laughs> he, I don't know. He's just like, he's kind of scary looking. Maybe it's the eyes, I think. I don't know. Medium apologies to Bob Chapek. But I don't know. I just, I love Bob Iger. He just seems, I mean, obviously I've never met him. I don't know him personally, but he just seems happier and nicer. Granted, he's the CEO of a gigantic gigantic company so I don't know but I was I was also watching a movie I was mid disenchanted watch and I'm like mm, let me just look on Twitter it's kind of a slow part and my feed saw it like a minute after it broke was just like everyone not like direct links to articles just everyone screaming Bob Iger and I'm like okay oh my gosh literally felt like um there's this one gif from Glee and it's really specific and I'll tweet it when this episode comes out so you can see it it's Sue Sylvester rising from the stage surrounded by confetti that's exactly how it felt and I I think I said this in the group chat I was like I feel like I could run up a building like I uh, just like everyone being so happy about it is like obviously a good thing and he like are like I don't know it just I think it's a really good thing we'll see what happens with the next two years 
so it's like a tentative good thing tentative whatever um but i don't know i'm excited i think it's good welcome back bob Iger. i loved all the memes spider-man yes. bob comes home so smart <laughs> i feel like it's one of those things that's like I know people are still going to be mad at the Walt Disney company as a company, but I don't think as many people are going to be directly mad at the CEO where I think we've kind of been having just people were so mad at Chapek specifically, Bob Paycheck and all that. So I don't know. I think, and I'm so glad you said that about his face because I feel like Bob Iger just has a friendlier face and I felt bad for saying that. I was like, he's nicer to look at. I don't know. He seems like a nicer person. But I'm super excited about it. I'm tentatively excited, at least, because I want to see where this is going to go. But I do think it was a good decision that most people seemed happy or at least tentatively happy about. Yeah. And like Iger, he came in after Eisner, like the worst of Eisner. When you look at the company as a whole, like there was a lot of just like they they were corners cut. You know, you had the direct to DVD line, which didn't really help the legacy of some of the disney ip then you know you had some of the parks not really being up to par um i mean you talk if you watch the imagineering story documentary they're not uh bella yeah disneyland paris um not being the greatest (laughs) thing and california adventure starting out really rough you know things like that and so and there was open hostility towards him within the company if i remember right uh i think roy disney's like we need to get this cat out kind of like what happened with chapik it's just they actually did it with chapik and Iger kind of came in he healed relationships with with pixar and gained marvel gained star wars lucasfilm all that and he had some stumbles along the way of course and when he worked for abc canceled my favorite show so i mean i have a little bit of resentment towards bob Iger, uh, twin peaks so Bob Iger came in, he kind of helped the company find its legacy again, like to rebuild its legacy. If Eisner like helped redefine it in his good years and then you know, rough stuff happened towards the end, I really feel like Iger was there to make Disney kind of an indestructible force by really buttressing it. And then he passed it on to Chapek. I think Chapek's job was kind of like, okay, how do we keep this financially sound? And that's kind of what led him being outed and in, in addition to his various, you know, negative events, like publicly, he was not liked, even when he was working for the parks, but like everyone knew about him with the whole don't say gay bill controversy and the park reservations and Genie Plus, all of that. And then when it's the the stock, uh, when the Disney stock started dropping, I mean, that's kind of a good entry point to bring in Bob who, or Iger, who, who kind of help the company out of a, a rut, help them out of a rut again, because that rut's not just the financial one because he's keeping the hiring freeze that that Chapek reinstated, which is was his last unpopular act. But some challenges that Iger's going to have moving forward isn't necessarily necessarily to repair the Disney charm, I guess, but also like the Reedy Creek stuff for, uh, against Governor DeSantis is going to be going on in Iger's next two years. That's something to navigate. Someone asked him about point blank during... The, the Disney employee like town hall. So I'm asking point Blake and he's like, I wasn't CEO when that happened. That wasn't my time. So I don't have like a game plan or anything, but that's something we're gonna need to look into. How do we navigate those waters? Because DeSantis is governor again, he's still governor. And I mean, historically he's shown that he's not necessarily like one to let down a battle he thinks he can win. Yeah. Um, 
as frustrating as it is, is what I'm saying. Um, and so that's going to be something that he's going to have to navigate because that might be a hit for the company. I don't see how it's not a hit for the company. So he's going to navigate that. Disney Plus, he's going to try to re-navigate his park reservation going away. He hasn't used it, so he's going to talk to Josh tomorrow. Let's see what tomorrow says and all that. So from purely like a storyline, you know, scenario, if you're looking at the history of Disney, like obviously it's very exciting from that perspective. Whether it floats or not, I don't know how much that's going to affect us as consumers and as enjoyers of the art that Disney gives us in the films and in the the parks. But it's certainly interesting to see as an outsider. And I mean, I think we all know someone who who is a cast member or has some sort of connection with the mouse. So they're also going to be affected in some way. So we hope for the best. But yeah, it's, I think we're just happier that it's not Chapik with his different controversies. And Bob Iger says the right things. I think that's also part of his likability that y'all are touching on. It's not that he has the Josh Tomorrow good looks. It's that he is, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he says the right things. He praises Imagineering even when he's not CEO. He praises the diversity of Disney storytelling. Um, he's always talking about Coco and Black Panther. Uh, those are the examples he always brings up. They're good examples in Encanto, and like he praises the diversity of storytelling, and he says we're not going to back down from our values. He understands Disney values, and I, th I think you can kind of point some of his things being we're going to work towards those. Whereas Chapik was like, what's going to help our bottom line, which isn't necessarily a bad place to be as a CEO, but maybe it's not the best place to be for a Disney CEO. And so we'll see how it all shakes out in two years. Godspeed. <laughs> That's very well said. That was very good. It was, yeah. And all of that about his likability is certainly true because at the end of the day, people like Disney is such an important in part important part of people's lives and like, you know, in their hearts and they cherish it. So when the CEO seems like a kinder person and promotes that diversity and things like that like it just gives such a better public image versus just caring about money which like you said is not a bad thing for a ceo to focus on but you know as far as public image like i think Iger does a much better job of that i am definitely curious to see what happens with the park reservation system because i miss being able to park hop whenever i want um, one thing that I'm curious about is if they're keeping the virtual queues for things like Tron and the new rides in the beginning, which I have opinions on. I think that it would be good if they took them away so that it could kind of eat up some of the crowds in the park, especially like at Epcot during festivals, but that's just me. Um, it's probably not just me, but that's one of my maybe controversial opinions. Um, but I do think that if they're going to keep that, it'd be interesting to see, like, can anyone get it at 7 a.m.? And then, you know, like, let's say you get a Tron queue for 2 p.m., then you can start somewhere else and then park hop. I don't know, but that would be really cool. I just miss being able to park hop. Even, like, when I was in California, you could park hop at 1, and that was even so much better than the 2 o'clock. Like, I just, I know why they do it, but I miss it. It's not like, like I, I don't know, like at the beginning, the reservations were really good because you could, you could tell a difference with the capacity levels, but now like in 2022, like they're not capping capacity, like it's not what it used to be at all. Like I used to be able to stand in front of the castle with no one behind me at peak times during the day. And now like 
the entirety of like the park hours like you can barely even walk anywhere because it's so busy so obviously like I don't think they're doing like I don't think the reservations are really helping with capacity at all and I really miss park hopping just like as normal and it also it kind of ties into the lawsuit that was going on because like yeah like as a pass holder you should be able to go whenever you want minus like your blackout days so it does kind of impose on that so I'm interested to see what Iger has to say about that lawsuit if he ever speaks about it um and I hope he does and then with the virtual queues like you were saying I understand why they're in place because like especially like with newer rides like you they kind of want to keep it at like a lower capacity just because like I mean we all saw with Rise of the Resistance how much it broke like all the time so like I get it and to like keep things running smoothly but also like I understand the disappointment with not getting one especially the first couple months because like you're all like you're really excited for this new ride and like some people might not know about virtual queues and then they go like if people are coming from like out of state out of country like they may not know and they go and then they can't ride it or pay $20 to ride it now that Genie Plus is having a capped price each day. Like, I think I saw like $28 or something the other day, which is stupid. Um, that's another rant for later. But I don't know. I'm interested to see what he does with that because I don't mind them, but I also kind of despise them at the same time. Because sometimes I really want to ride Guardians, but I don't want to get up at seven. And I don't want to like try and get it in the park because the Wi-Fi does not work at all in the park yeah it's terrible well uh, I went on Sunday to the parks and I my friend and I we both thought the other person was getting a virtual queue so at like 705 we both basically texted each other like uh did you get one and we were both like no and I don't know if you guys have ever tried to finesse that you cannot they are very strictly not allowed to give you one if you did not get one you know, sometimes if you miss yours or something like that, especially if you have DAS or some kind of accommodations, they can make it work. If for those who didn't know, if you have DAS, as long as you go after your return time, as you know, you can go until the end of the day, which is great. And I appreciate that they do that um, for guests that need the accommodations. But if you do not get a boarding group at 7am, they're going to tell you to wait till one. And if you don't get it at one, I don't know what their terminology is that they use but you are not getting in so luckily we were able to get it at one but it was kind of like a whole thing where we had to park hop to the other park because we had a friend with us that paid for a park hopper and was not an annual pass holder and then we had to go back at the end of the day to ride it and it was just kind of a whole thing but I did get to go on Cosmic Rewind Holiday which also had its own controversies around it and I have thoughts on that if we're ready to move to the next topic. I have one more thing about the virtual queue. I do know like with DAS, you're able to go later, but I've missed a couple of times and they've let me go later. So I think that's like a standard thing, like maybe um, that like, if you had a boarding group, you obviously had one and it'll still scan. So like they'll, they should let you. And then one time, maybe this cast member is having a really nice day but we accidentally did it for the wrong amount of people. Like we forgot to click one person. And so we were like, hey, so 95% of us have one. So could like, maybe, and they let her go. So maybe that's just like an crazy out of the blue, having a really good day experience. Listeners, I wouldn't like expect that to happen. It might, you never know, but I don't know. I just think there's a lot of 
miscommunication with them sometimes. But I'm very interested to hear your opinions on Kazaku Rent Holiday because I have my own opinions. So I'm excited. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, so I saw a lot of tweets about it and people. So before, okay, let's rewind. Ha ha ha. So a couple months ago, whenever they announced that they were going to do the holiday overlay, people were getting super stoked. Um, I know we talked about in the Oogie Boogie Bash episode, the overlay of the Guardians ride in California, the Monsters After Dark, super cool because we talked about it in that episode, but it completely changes the ride queue, uh, the pre-show's different, the, um, there's only one song instead of five with that one as well, spoiler alert, for Cosmic Rewind Holiday, but there's one song, and it's a really good song over there, and I think the drop sequence is all the same as well, but the ride is completely different from how it is in the daytime. And then you're only allowed to ride it from 3 or 4 p.m., depending on the day, um, until the end of the night. So with Cosmic Rewind Holiday, people were speculating about how they were going to do that, if it was going to be different during the day and at night, and you know if they were going to do six songs and people started coming up with Christmas songs they wanted. So I do agree that I wish they did like six Christmas songs. People had a really good playlist, like Last Christmas by Wham would have been so good. And like, there's so many good songs that people put on there. So that would have been cool. But I actually do like the original song. If you guys don't want spoilers for the ride, maybe skip a couple seconds ahead because I am going to talk a little bit about the ride itself. But it's like, a I don't know if it's called this, but it's like Run Run Rocket. So it's like Run Run Rudolph, but it's about Rocket. I didn't hear the lyrics super well or anything, but I thought it was super cute. I liked the song. People were complaining that it was a cover, but I thought the cover sounded really good. So I have no complaints about the music. Although I wish that there were multiple songs, but I was, then I was thinking about it and I was like, well, like most people are only going to go once or twice during the holiday season anyway. So I don't think it's a big deal that they have just one song. My biggest problem with it is that there is no overlay other than just the music. They didn't change the pre-show at all. They didn't, I think even like colored lights or some kind of like visual effects would have been cool. Um, Christmas trees or Christmas lights in the queue. I mean, you know, I understand they maybe don't want to spend a ton of money on completely redoing it like they do in California, but, and, and I understand why they have it all day. Like that's fine with me too. Uh, but I just don't understand how they don't have any, any changes to the queue or like the pre-show or anything. Yeah. I mean, I don't have many thoughts on it just because I, haven't gone on it yet i haven't really looked into it too deeply it's a good idea but definitely like the outcry is pretty rough on it and of, of course like the solutions we come up with they seem pretty simple like have licensed songs have like actual songs put in uh, the overlay the I, I definitely agree like if you're going to do an overlay do an overlay not just like a little feature over in the corner here on the ride um, like, I don't know, put Terry Crews in Santa hat. I don't know. Um, but of course that probably involves like refilming and getting all these A-list actors together again. I mean, they couldn't even get Bradley Cooper to voice Rocket Raccoon on the actual ride. So, I mean, a, a Christmas hat might be too much, you know, <laughs> or Santa hat or an elf hat. Um, but it, I think it feels stranger from the outside looking in because we just had the holiday special for the Guardians come out and there's not as much effort put into the 
I don't want to say too much after because that might not be fair. Uh, but there's not as much of the Christmas wealth spread around um, over on the ride portion when, I don't know, we're already di- digging deep into the holiday special. Let's put this holiday ride special more. Uh. Yeah, Bella, I know you have thoughts too, but I was just going to add in really quick to go off of Adam's. Um, it, well, so in the Monsters After Dark in California for their overlay for Halloween, they basically most of it is like Groot and Rocket talking and like they're I believe the only two characters on the ride besides like monsters Mm. and then um the pre-show is pretty different but it's mostly like random people it's not a lot of like you know a-listers or anything so I think they could and then a lot of other stuff is like they take like the regular stuff and like distort it you know like the pre-show music they kind of distort it and stuff so I feel like they could have easily like played some different music in the lobby added some Christmas lights or trees or something and then like they could have just kept everything else the same and maybe changed some lights on the ride or they could have even done something where maybe one or two actors and it doesn't even have to be any like huge actors do like a slightly different Mm pre-show um so I don't know I feel like they could have at least added some more atmosphere but it just seemed I, I don't lazy is probably not the right word but a little bit lazy yeah, that's how I feel. Cause like I totally understand like the problems with refilming an entire pre-show. So like you just said, Kelly, like like the faint sounds of Christmas music in the background of the pre-show. Cause there's music that plays underneath it. So could have done that. But like they could have done like backing with like Christmas music. They could have, you know, added lights because like I mean, Space Mountain's Halloween overlay is just the dark so like there's a lot of lights in there there's a lot of twinkling lights they could have done that but I'm fine with the song I heard it in Tim Tracker's video there's the Tim Tracker mention um (laughs) (laughs) every time don't don't hang your head in shame you oh no I'm not hanging my head in shame I'm hanging, hanging my head in laughter I'm shaking good good but he wrote it and he filmed it and I think it's cute but what I would have given to listen to Last Christmas by Wham or Christmas Wrapping or anything from the 80s, like literally anything. Like, I don't even care. If they had Last Christmas by Wham and it was like one of six options or whatever, I, uh, presuming that they eventually get rid of the uh, virtual queue and they do it next year, I would write it Loop over it. and over yeah. again. I don't care how long the wait is. I'm getting that song. <laughs> Like, even if that was just, like, the one standard song, I don't care. Make that into a Guardians remix. Like, hello? Do Does Run Run Rudolph have any stands? I don't think so. so Rudolph likes it. Okay, well, he has plenty of songs, so I think he could maybe get over it just this once. Um, <laughs> but, like, I don't know. I haven't been on Guardians in, like, a hot second just because, like, it's I never really go to Epcot currently like I mean I do go to Epcot I just haven't been in a while and it's kind of difficult getting a virtual queue because sometimes I don't want to wake up at 6 55 to get one you know um I don't know I was expecting more but also Walt Disney World is kind of in its flop era so I don't really know what I I really shouldn't be surprised at the I'm gonna say laziness of it I'm gonna be brave use fighting words yeah exactly Adam little Z formation I I think it's lazy and sloppy and they could have done something. Mic drop. 
since we're talking about flop era, I'm going to bring up something that's not on the agenda really quick. Did y'all see that we finally got a month for Tron, April? Supposed to open in April. We did? We did. When? I don't know. Is that like a middle of the night tweet or was it a like a TikTok or? They slipped it in when they announced Bob Iger's back. (laughs) Celebrate we're opening in April, guys. And we're calling it. Walt Disney World News today says they're planning to open in early April previews beginning in March of 2023, like pass holder cast member previews and everything. Imagine if I can do my pass member, my pass member, pass holder preview on my birthday. I was just thinking Ooh. that on my birthday. <laughs> oh, wait. March birthdays. March yeah. birthdays. Pisces. January, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. January's. I was supposed sweat. to be a March birthday, but then I decided to come out earlier. So, period. How about that? Period. Yeah. Um, we crappy horror movies. So, I win. I There you go. <laughs> I can't remember if we talked about this last time about Tron. I can't remember if we've talked about Tron. It's been in the works for a billion ages. So, I don't know. But I saw the other day that they were running tests for it like every 30 seconds or something, which is cool to see from the people mover, especially. So, I saw a test run of it and it looked pretty cool. But I, and I saw it during the day, so I didn't see it with like the lights on or anything. But I'm curious if it's actually going to open. <laughs> and I also think it's interesting that like kids that were born when they announced Tron like could be tall enough to ride it by this point is something that I saw, which is so funny to me. What's even sadder is that Disney has had time to put together a movie to tie in with the ride and the amount of time it's taken to build the American version of the ride that's been open in Shanghai for years. Um, and the best we got is Jared Leto making an announcement that he likes Tron, which might be worse than no Tron. They could have probably made a sequel as well. Right. It's Morbin time. They, yeah, it's Morbin time. Exactly. You get it. <laughs> I don't, I'm kind of scared of Tron, not gonna lie. So I need to like, well, the movie and the ride. Um, <laughs> I, I, thought okay. you were, I thought you were going to say you're scared of Jared Leto. because I me mean, too. I am too. I am too. Who's not? Who's not? Yeah, exactly. Who's not afraid of him. But well, the first time I watched the movie, I was in like a flu fever induced high. So I don't really remember it, but it seemed scary. But I don't know. The ride just like, it seems, I don't. I don't know if I like the idea of like kind of like leaning. No, no, I feel like no, because I mean it's like flight of passage, but you're like tilted. So I'm kind of scared of it. Not as scared as I am about SeaWorld's new ride coaster system, but we'll get to that later. Um, kind of scared of that. Really scared of that, actually. I don't know. So maybe I'll work up the courage to ride it whenever it opens in the next twenty years. But you know, we'll see. Wait, does it tilt? I didn't. The Tron one? I guess I've never watched the video of it. Like forward. Okay. So it's not like Hagrid's. No. No. It's like you're in like a bike position, but like forward. It's like the um uh Pony Express. I believe it's in Dollywood. (laughs) I want to say Dollywood. I've not been to Dollywood, so I can't say for sure. But there's a ride called the Pony Express that is like Tron. Or Tron is like. I'm looking at a picture of it now from the the one okay the one that already exists which is that in is it Shanghai Shanghai Patron yeah okay I'm it was, looking it at was a picture its of version it. of Space Mountain which makes it funny that it's going to be right next to Space Mountain 
That is funny. Okay, it doesn't look comfortable. See, I never looked up a video of it. I mean, I've seen quick clips of it on Twitter, but I never looked up a full video because eventually I'll get to ride it and I didn't want to spoil it for myself. But it doesn't look very comfortable. I was thinking Hagrid seats, which are great. This mm-hmm. is weird. Yeah. Mm. I'm excited to ride it. I don't know if it'll be comfortable. I know I Flight of Passage is a pretty good ride, but like I get very nervous when I'm on it because of heights. Like I'm shaking that entire ride because I know I'm like 40 feet up in the air on a bike. Probably more than 40. I don't know how big that screen is, but it's big. So who knows how I'll feel when I'm on a roller coaster like that, but I've been looking forward to riding it ever since that, you know, the videos started coming out from Shanghai. Same with the Pirates ride in Shanghai. We're not getting that one, but we are getting Tron. Um, and I'm never going to Shanghai probably. So it'll be a great opportunity, uh, even if it's just the one-time thing. I do know, because I know we've said Thor the Lazy once or twice this episode. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of upset that it's taking so long to build because it already exists in another park, which I do understand. I know they've said the same thing about Ratatouille. I'm still excited about it because I've never been on it. If I go to Shanghai, which I'd like to go to all the Disneys as as one dreams, but I don't know when and if I'll be able to do that. So I'm still excited about it. Um, and I'm going to be excited about it when it comes out, but I was probably more excited for it six years ago or whenever they first announced it. So we'll see how it goes. I'm interested to see what the crowds are like, because you know, it's still going to be crazy. Oh, and I guess this will be the first virtual queue at uh, Magic Kingdom, probably. Yeah, because I, I guess the last big new thing was was a new Fantasyland and Seven Dwarves. Yeah, isn't that crazy? There's, it makes there's sense. no way that's the last new thing in Magic Kingdom. Does Jingle Cruise count? I no. was going to say, unless you count... Um... The Philhar Coco scene count? <laughs> oh, yeah. I was going to say um, Joe Biden in the, the presidents, the hall of presidents. <laughs> Is that kind of a sorry state of affairs that the most new and exciting thing to be at the Magic Kingdom is Joe <laughs> Biden? <laughs> In Hall of President? Ooh. I don't even know. Come kids, there's something new. <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta go see Joe. It's like it's it's like the um the John Mulaney thing. We when they're talking about Bill Clinton and uh come back kid we gotta go we gotta go see bill oh my god john laney <laughs> shout out love you i hope he listens to the theme park workshop actually if he does that'd be great that'd be cool john please promote us um john edmund Mullaney, please i'm summoning you summoning well costa Rewind's not the only new thing at uh the parks uh there's a there's a, a, a how about that for a segue? I can't even get it out. Nice. It's a Tuesday. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's try that again. Concert Rewind Holiday is not the only new refresh happening at Disney World. Uh, Fantasmic's back, yeah? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Tell it just screamed and we heard none of it. <laughs> Fantastic. Anyway, you keep going with the segment. I'll mute myself. 
Bella's too hype over here for Fantasmic. I think I'm the only one here who hasn't seen the new scenes in person, but I'm going to um, this upcoming weekend from when we're recording. So I'll probably have already seen it when this comes out. But what day? (gasps) Friday. Wait. Yeah, Friday. Are you going Friday? I am going on Friday. Oh my goodness. I'm going Adam. It's a pod squad meetup. Hey, I mean, I was thinking of going to, real real disclosure here, I'm not going to put this in the show probably, but I was thinking about going to Disney during my vacation, which starts on Friday, but that depends on if I'm moving into the the condo that I applied for. So Uh, there's a lot of- (laughs) Well, condo comes first. That's true. Yes, for sure. But Pod Squad Disney, you I mean, I'd be down if it it works out, if it shakes out. Oh, period slay. But anyway, yes, but I'm going to see it this weekend and I'm so excited, but I have seen quick clips because I didn't want to spoil the whole thing for myself, um, which we can totally talk about it. I just didn't want to watch the whole like videos of it before I see it in person. But what I saw on TikTok of the Moana and Elsa sections, I just, I was sobbing. It's so beautiful. I love it so much. I just, I, mm. Fantasmic has always been my number one favorite thing. And I was really nervous for it to come back because I knew they were probably going to overhaul it completely. And on popular opinion, I don't really like Disneyland's version. I don't like the Ursula thing and I don't like how it's, I don't like their mountain. I think theirs is, I'm not going to say lame. I think the mountain is lame. Their show, their dragon is nice, but I like our little rinky dinky little like, forklift one but it's fine um but I was really nervous for it to come back because I figured it was gonna change and then I went to cast preview and it was like oh my god it felt like a Marvel movie opening I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast but it literally felt like a Marvel premiere with like the crowd and the energy and everyone was crying I was crying my friends were crying everyone was crying but then I went opening night and it literally well I'm sure everyone saw the pictures of the crowds it was terrifying it was terrifying um but it was worth it because we were right in front and I somehow managed to do both shows every time I was just gonna say really quick about the crowds um so surprisingly so I went this Sunday uh two days ago which was the Sunday after Thanksgiving I thought it was gonna be nuts because blockout dates had just opened back up opened back up and um it actually wasn't that bad I mean the lines were not terrible as far as like Christmas time lines and crowds and things like that but we saw a bunch of people lined up for Fantasmic and we were like oh what time does it start they were in line two hours early and it was so many people so I am not mentally prepared for that this weekend but crowds are still hype they've always opened the queue two hours early and you sit about an hour and a half early which is what I've always done because I'm crazy but we were there pretty early. We got in pretty early. And it's just, it is far, like I, like I said earlier, Disney's in its flop era. You should not have any big expectations. But this, oh, they might have redeemed themselves with that. Because like, well, first the Mulan sequence with Make a Man Out of You, but they don't actually say Make a Man, which is fun. Like the fight choreography, how it's in sync with the water screens, like, oh my God, oh my God. And uh, and then Moana, she gets in the water, that effect that like was shelved that they never used. 
Oh my God. It like, oh my God. When that happened for the first time, like I literally thought people were about to start like levitating. Like it was crazy in that stadium. It was crazy. And then Elsa. And then Elsa. Oh my God. It, I like, there's really no words to describe it. You just have to see it. It like videos don't even do it justice. Pictures don't even do it justice. It is the most like surreal thing. And like the new lasers are incredible. And like the water projections they do, it looks like she's like doing like, oh my God, it's, I feel very strongly about it. And then just like the new lighting effects, the new lasers, it just, it looks so much better. And it's just like, it's so good, like to be able to hear it in the park again and just like walk out on Sunset Boulevard at night with the lights and the Christmas music. It's like my favorite thing. Oh, and the Snope on the snope. Main Street. Yes. Or Hollywood I'm Boulevard, I mean. So excited to see that on Friday because Christmas time at studios is my favorite time of the year. It's um, so pretty. Everything is so pretty. They have the best Christmas decorations, and I will stand by that forever. 100%. And ever. I love it. Vintage. And they have vintage. Santa driving around. It's so. In nice. a little Camaro. What else could you it's want? So- <laughs> Camaro it's so good. Exactly. Exactly. But I don't know. It's just, I feel very strongly about Fantasmic. I could literally talk about it for hours and hours, but I will not do that because we don't have hours and hours. But it's very good. I love it a lot. And I'll be there on Friday. And I'm so excited. Um, so I, I I was there for the cast review. I'm no cast, but I know cast. And cast said, hey, want to come? And I said, I'd love to come. Unfortunately, it was the second cast preview, which if you know anything about cast, that second cast preview, a little, uh, um, ooh, <laughs> that was also media night. But most importantly, it was the day they canceled the show halfway through because of an incoming thunderstorm. And about maybe 10 minutes after the show end was stopped and they were evacuating, no, not evacuating, they were exiting everyone out of the park. It was a torrential deluge like I have not seen in some time. No umbrella, should have come prepared, but soaked head to toe, clothed to bone. It was rough. But we did get to see the first half, like up until the villains portion of the program. I think that's half. I've actually never seen Phantasmic. It was my first introduction to Phantasmic. And apparently it was not really um, uh, the the best way one should be introduced to Phantasmic. But nevertheless, here I am having only seen half of Phantasmic in person because I don't want to go and watch the video. I just want to have like my my first impression of Fantasmic, a show I've been looking forward to seeing for a long time. I just never got around to it for whatever reason. I don't want it to be affected by like my memory of a video. I'd rather see it in person. But what I saw, I was really enjoying. Um, and I hope to see the end of it someday. Uh, and, I, you know, like there are things I was not used to, like I wasn't expecting, I guess is what I should say. Like uh, I didn't realize there's gonna be so many projection screens, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I just don't know my full impression of it yet because I didn't see the whole show. Um, I thought it was going to be a lot more with like Mickey and, and the villains and heroes and what that on the, on the stage in the mountain and all that. Um, but that was fun. Uh, yeah, Bella. You should be so glad that you saw this version of the water projections because they used to be so awful and you would get absolutely soaked by them. Really? They oh, would wow. spray like, so, I mean, obviously it's probably due to wind, but yeah. they, like, I felt, I feel like you don't get as wet this time, which I like, 
but the old ones looked so bad you couldn't even tell what was going on so be glad that you saw the newer ones yeah i mean i, I can say that the projections were pretty clear and i thought that they had i was telling i was telling uh, the friends i was seeing it with like water screens i'm kind of of two minds on sometimes it when it works it really works when it doesn't work it just looks like a faded screen and why are we doing it this way like poseidon's fury over at universal love it don't love the water screens because they look faded it's hard to tell like what's going on it looks like the film is old but it's not the film that's old i mean i, I think it is that's part of it but the water projection the water screen doesn't quite work for it and the uh, effect that they want to have with it being otherworldly it just looks faded with phantasmic i felt like it was kind of helping that quality of it being a dream where you know it was obviously you can't like make an avant-garde film in a live show where things are kind of bleeding into one another and a kind of cacophony of colors and sound but i think this is probably a decent you know second or third place i thought it was helping that effect whether that's the effect they're going for or not i don't know haven't seen the whole show but i did have a pretty standout moment and it's the one that everyone's talking about it's the new stuff was that section where is aladdin followed by mulan followed by moana followed by frozen too uh, I say Frozen 2 because that's my favorite Frozen. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. That film just reaches me in a certain way. And when I was watching it, like I, uh, we were in front of uh, a gay couple. Um, and I think what was, and they were really like into the show. This is really like their moment, like experiencing the show together. And you could really feel that. And I thought that was great. And what was great about those songs is they're songs about like self-actualization more so than dreams. But sometimes like, I don't know, like self-actualization, why is that not like the easiest dream to achieve? And in light of, you know, we're going to get political here with, you know, Chapik and and don't say gay and, and all of that. Like there are these factors that are keeping people from that self-actualization. And here I was watching these songs about self-actualization with show yourself, like, how is that not like, you know, such a great self-actualization anthem and you have Moana singing, I am Moana. This is who I am. You know, I'm the daughter of the village chief. I'm the descendant of warriors. I mean, you have Aladdin, you know, you have one jump ahead and it's fun. I think people were saying like, that's the whole, that's the replacement for the John Smith sequence. Probably a good thing. Like that's what it is. But he ends it with, you know, the reprise of one jump ahead, which is they'll find out there's so much more to me. And that's already, those are powerful songs. But I mean, in that moment, seeing this crowd of cast members who are so diverse and seeing this powerful moment of the show, not fair how that was back to back to back, I tell you. It just, and with the context of Florida um, right now, like it was, it was a really powerful statement, it felt like. I don't know, I doubt that's what they were going for, but I think that's just the power of stories as you can see yourself and can see your friends and you can see your family in them and just really be freaking moved by it. And that's what that was. Unfortunately, um, you know, the evil queen, she tried to take over and then the show weather said, no, that's not going to happen. And neither is the rest of the show. So that was a bummer. I don't see how it, you know, will conclude, but I do look forward to that. But even just that moment and just those songs back to back, I got emotional and I think I'm getting emotional right now talking about it. <laughs> oh, you made me get emotional. I'm tearing up Same. over here. It is so nice. It is literally like, the most like powerful thing ever and I have a couple friends that are in it and like all during rehearsals that's like all he would say he's like it's just so powerful like I cry every time watching it like it's uh it's just like 
the use I didn't the use of proud of your boy in Aladdin just like sends me into orbit with like with tears because it's just (laughs) it's just oh and like what really got me was like you were saying like the diversity of everyone in the crowd but also the diversity of the show now like when especially when they showed Encanto in the in the water projections the the noise from the crowd it oh my gosh it was just like it's such a good moment it's such a good like back-to-back like punch to the heart and the emotions it's and then it goes into the princesses and then the villains with my favorite terrible transition audio with all the villains that I really hope you get to experience soon Adam because it's my favorite thing and then the steamboat which is just always emotional and like it's just good it's good show it's good it's great notes I'm so excited to see it on Friday um we're going with my husband's family and they're just gonna see me sobbing the whole time so (laughs) I hope they're ready for that because I was about to start sobbing over here just listening to you guys talk about it yeah I don't know if it's gonna be my favorite nighttime show I I want it to be honestly like happily ever after was great I wasn't expecting anything out of that and I I was moved by that when I saw it then and I, I like a good nighttime show I think just being in its own like little corner on the amphitheater like it kind of helps set it apart in that way more so than the castle show does or the lagoon show they all can have powerful moments but i do like that it's its own story with live action and water and is there fire i think there's fire i don't know if i saw fire but there's definitely fire and lasers and you know it's it i'm looking forward to see the ending i'll just say that again (laughs) with the best pre-show loop in the history of the world it stayed disney mania <laughs> oh the second waiting in line that opening night and even on cast preview when when it started with ever ever after i just like oh my god it's just so good wow i can't wait i was gonna say speaking of things i can't wait for as a transition but i'm not sure how i feel about this we're talking about the Pipeline Surf Coaster at SeaWorld. I am scared. <laughs> it's, yeah. I don't know if I'm scared, but I'm definitely intrigued. Well, I'm scared for parts of myself, just maybe not in the way I'd be scared for like Mako or something like that, because it, it looks like a stand, well, it's a surf coaster is what they're calling it, the first surf coaster. It's a, what does it say, 110 feet? Yeah, 110 feet up in the air, stand up, the seats go up and down, which that's terrifying. Not necessarily because it's going up and down, but just we know what the legacy uh, stand-up coasters have. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Um, God bless those with um, balls. True. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Did not think of that. Did oh, yeah. That's why that. That's why every man in, that you may know, if you say, hey, what do you think about going to the stand-up coaster? They'll shiver before saying yes. Um, because mm. if you're not on there right enough, oh yeah, it's Ew. just like riding a bike. Cross yourself, prepare. Um, but yeah, um, 110 feet up, 60 miles an hour, 2,900 feet of track. It's supposed to feel like you're surfing. You're on the waves. That curve next to the uh, that's on the edge of it looks fun. It just looks like a fun roller coaster move. Oh, and they're tying it in on the website with different surf lingo, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. It looks great. It looks fun. I think it's like, I like that it's so unique. And one of the things I like about SeaWorld is the 
like ocean theming. So I think it's cool that they're doing that uh, in kind of a different way. Cause I know usually they focus on like the sea creatures, which is cool, but this is an interesting way to still incorporate like ocean theme and be like a little bit different. So I think it's cool, but I don't know. It's funny because like anytime you're waiting in like a long line, you get to the ride and you're like, oh, I get to sit down. Isn't this nice? It's like not going to have that weird relief of like, I'm sitting down. I'm so excited. It's going to be like, oh, I'm standing and I'm kind of uneasy. (laughs) I, so I am terrified of roller coasters ever since I rode Shamu's ride, which is now Grover's Boxcar Derby at Sesame Street Land at SeaWorld, which is kind of funny because me, Sesame Street, it's funny. That's where my fear of roller coasters started. I have not been able to get on many roller coasters because I hate them. And I will never ride a SeaWorld roller coaster ever. I, well, maybe, maybe. I got to work myself up to it. Maybe I'll do Icebreaker. Maybe. Maybe. Manta's great. Manta's one I, of the best. That's the one where you lay down? Um, More like face down. Yeah, no, never, no. There's a neck to I catch was, you. No, okay. no. Mako no. is actually great. It doesn't I would ride Mako. But it's really tall. It's so tall. And that the first drop is like super intense. And like yeah, it doesn't look bad the, the rest of it. No, the rest of it's yeah. fun. That drop, I I don't I, I die inside. Yeah. But I, I live for the drop. rest of it. <laughs> I, I live so greatly for the rest of it. Oh, the drop's like, my favorite part. But Mako's great. That's my you're favorite. Sick in the head for that, Kelly. You're crazy. <laughs> Fair enough. That's I've never heard anyone say that about Mako ever ever oh my gosh it's the best part I wish the whole place was like or the whole ride was like that <laughs> no but I I appreciate that SeaWorld likes to be a little adventurous and I think it looks really cool you know shout out my favorite person in the world Tim Tracker in his IAPA video he was showing the ride vehicle they had one and I guess like they have it to where it feels like the wax on a surfboard when you wax it to get a better grip. They have like something like that on it, um, which like kind of makes you feel a little bit better. Um, But just like the idea of standing up on a roller coaster as you're going a hundred and whatever feet into the air at 60 miles an hour with just like, yeah, like the harness is there, but that's also moving. So like, true. it's just like, no. What is, I wonder what the height limit's going to be. Like, what about people who have short little legs? Like, what if your legs don't reach the ground? So on the website, it does say it's 54 inch height requirement, which 54. I believe is pretty standard for like the Georgia Scorcher over in Six Flags, Georgia and Vortex over in Carowinds, which are the two stand-ups I've written. Uh, Scorcher's great. Vortex is fine. This one seems like in a class of its own. But like, I, I feel like not everyone's legs are going to be the same height. I mean, 54 inches, I guess, is pretty tall, but like... The seat does adjust. Okay. It's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a hard seat. It's not like a bicycle seat that... It's not like a normal roller coaster where the seats don't shift at all. Oh, the seat. I'm looking at it right now. The seat goes down to where you are. Oh, interesting. The yeah, you got to straddle it. Interesting. Yeah, it's not, just, it's not just the chest restraint that's keeping you down. Like, you're, you're, it's, there's still a seat but but it like the idea is that um it'll adjust for for your height 
as long as it's 54 inches. But this one, it's different because it's going to go up and down a little bit. So who knows what that's going to feel like. That's that's the thing. There's so much mystery around, like, because it's the first of its kind. Um, at least that's what they're calling it. It's the first of its kind surf coaster. I can't think of a roller coaster that has that apparatus, um, which makes it very intriguing from, like, a coaster junkie standpoint. But also, you're like, what's that going to feel like in all the ways? Yeah, I'm very intrigued. Kevin and I always laugh. I don't remember if I've said this on the show yet, but we always laugh when there's like a sign and it's like the tallest, fastest, inverted. I'm sure we've talked about this before, but like they always have all these things on it. But this one is actually pretty unique. Mm-hmm. I have a little bit of bad blood with this coaster already because it has taken the space of an entire walkway at the at SeaWorld, a little segue, uh-huh. Um, but like that little walkway is where they had all of their Christmas stuff, like all of like the elves and like the little games and like all the hot cocoa and like a bunch of stuff is over there. Um, and that's where all they, they did spectacular a lot. And then I think last year is when they officially started construction on it. And like, you can't even walk back there. That was the best way to get out of the park. Like on EO nights, on electric ocean nights or during Christmas, you could take that and like, you'd be at the front of the park in like five minutes. It was great. So I'm a little upset that they've taken my little walkway away from me. Cause whenever I go to SeaWorld, I only go to Sesame Street land or to the other side of Nautilus when the Sesame show is over there or any of the other shows. So I've never really in any of the other parts any of the other parts of the park so it's kind of convenient but I don't know it's a great use great use of the space but I miss my little shortcut because it was never busy as someone who never took that walkway and had no reason to go over there mostly didn't know that that existed I'm thinking to myself oh I'm glad they're using that space that's not just not a or uh, an amphitheater that feels barely used like maybe just seasonally used am I thinking it's in the right am I is it that same area yeah, it's by Bayside. It's where they do like Electric Ocean, where they have the ice skating show during the summer. That's where they do fireworks and stuff. Okay, so I'm thinking to myself as a casual Sea World goer who doesn't know these tips and tricks of getting around quickly and just takes the terrible, terrible walk around the park. I'm thinking, oh, I'm glad that they're actually utilizing that space. Uh, but you make a great point, Bella, that you do kind of lose something there. It just doesn't feel the same with all the Christmas stuff spread out. And like all the, well, I haven't gone during Christmas yet, but like, it was so cute. Like it was this little path and like, there's all these little like treat booths and they have the best hot cocoa, like all these different flavors. It's so good. Um, so like, there's all that. There's like little sing, like there's singers, like little stages. There's like a bonfire, like really good vibes, really good decorations. That's where you could have met um, Rudolph, Bumble and Clarice and Yukon he's there too now they're over by where Wild Arctic was RIP and like it's cute but like it's just not the same but obviously it's a really great use of space really awesome technology that they're using so I'm interested to see what it's going to be like and who knows maybe I'll ride it probably not but you know you never say never gotta do the Velocicoaster first no absolutely not speaking of great coasters have y'all ever been on the woody woodpecker roller coaster absolutely well, not that's <laughs> your chance it's nuts i actually loved that ride as a kid Same. great my dad does a great impression of the woody woodpecker from that ride but 
anyway, so that was my terrible transition at talking about Kids Zone, which is going away in January 2023 to make way to new immersive adventures of beloved animated characters. And that is about all we know. And they announced it in the dead. And it's kind of like the Iger Chapek situation. This just seemed more low key because we expected this for so long. Yeah, just random Thursday night, seven o'clock said, hey, by the way, this land is going bye-bye forever. Literally and... was sitting at the fan, sorry. Literally was sitting at the fan preview when they posted it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I understand why it's going away. And they've been talking about this for a while. Like I know that it was originally rumored to be like a um, Super Nintendo area and then Epic Universe happened. So obviously they're not going to do that, which I'm glad that they're going to do it at Epic Universe because I think they're going to give it more of the space it deserves. Like that kind of area deserves a lot of space and that kid zone is not that. So it's interesting because it's not like a huge area over there. What are everyone's thoughts on what it's going to be? Because I got thoughts. To me, it makes sense to be DreamWorks. Um, Shrek's already back there. Trolls is already back there. They kind of have, you know, put a stake in there. Because what's going away for sure? Bible's gone. Woody's gone. Um, E.T.'s staying. Animal actors are staying. But if it, even if it becomes DreamWorks land, you can just kind of make that part of Hollywood, which only has Bourne and horror makeup and streetmosphere and and stuff but yeah I'm, I'm thinking dreamworks some people are thinking illumination maybe they're gonna put the secret life of pets in there if they're if this is a quick turnaround i nah and you have dreamworks they really don't have any representation they're stuck over in the lost continent for king julian and puss and boots meeting what are they doing in lost continent bring them home bring them home to what's well, not home yet but i'm sure it will be i know nothing but that's my speculation and i saw the puss and boots movie and it seems like universal is really gonna push into this his characters more like they refresh the whole dreamworks uh opening logo thing which i think it's cute i think it's cute as well i don't know why people are so upset and it's also like only 20 seconds people are like it's so long no it's 20 seconds relax but i also think it's gonna be dreamworks because i saw people throwing around secret life of pets which i don't think they would put a big attraction in the very back corner of the park but that's just me and I saw people throwing around Pokemon, but like you said, if they're trying to have a quicker turnaround on it, which I think they might, um, I think it would only make sense to be DreamWorks because they already have, well, they have the DreamWorks dance party thing and like it just opened and that they're already shutting that area down. So I think it would make sense. It would still keep it as like a kid's zone area, especially because they're keeping ET open, they're keeping animal actors and they're keeping the spongebob store which is like a sleigh because i love spongebob and i love going inside the little pineapple dance party thing i don't know what i'm really concerned about though is what how it's gonna affect more nights because like it's going down at the beginning of the year so like they have nine months eight months to do something but like a like that's where the biggest houses go they go back there that's where a lot of the line is for like four different houses so like pros take away the long walk that to and from those houses, but cons taking away really good spots for really big soundstage houses. Plot twist, they're just going to use both parks and it's going to be a double park event. Would be cool. Because like, no, where are they going to put them? 
yeah, I don't know that that's the question, right? Cause they're like, Oh, we're starting construction in January. I'm like, yeah, but how quickly are you going to be able to get this done before horror nights? So, and you know, I was just thinking kid zone is so small, but I forgot about the play area. Like that thing is huge with all the curious George stuff. I didn't even think about that. So mm, I'm not sad about them getting rid of kid zone. I mean, there's a little bit of nostalgia, but not, I never went back there anymore. So I don't know. I'm just curious. I, I do think it's probably going to be something DreamWorks, but I don't really have any kind of speculation. I mean, I hope they do some kind of show because they have the stage back there. I doubt they're keeping a water slide. Maybe they'll turn it into like a playground. I did not even know there's a water slide back there until I saw a TikTok about it the other day. And they've got a the Curious George Ball Factory where you can oh shoot God. like plastic balls at fellow kids. Or you as an adult can <laughs> annihilate young kids. Where am I going to see Curious George with a pole up his booty during Horror Nights? That's my favorite part. It's I look forward gone. to it because it's so weird. On it's going to be gone. They should, yeah. <laughs> they, should, they should immortalize that. Or if like the prop store was still open, they should have put it in there and I would have bought it. I wouldn't Don't have actually bought store. it. But so I know sad. I miss it. I wouldn't have actually bought it if it existed still and went in there. But like they need to bring it back somehow. Cause every like so many people talk about it. That's like the first thing I saw on Twitter when they announced that they were taking away Kid Zone was about the curious George. So they have to bring it back. Universal Creative, I know you're listening. Just keep the same concept, but make it like King Julian or something. Bam, yes. there you go. Yes. Do an homage. Yes. I never thought about that, but that would actually be perfect. Please hire me. Can Thank we you. get Mort into Universal? Can we get Mort? Mort! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was just like, I was thinking, I was like, King Julian or, yes, Mort. Oh my God, that would be great. That would be great. Do you think, so what do you think is going to happen to the Nuthouse coaster? Because I feel like you still need like a kiddie ride there. I think, like, I think DreamWorks Destination will become more permanent or it'll change to be a more permanent DreamWorks show if it's not the same thing. You'll have the Shrek meet and greet. You know, why not keep King Julian as the thing? But Nuthouse Coaster, do you think they're just going to do like, uh, I don't know, a Shrek overlay or a night, uh, Bad Guys? Bad Guys has some car chases. Great movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it. I have no. And they're, they're kind of pushing that as a big IP. It's in the, it's in the opening logo now. Do you think, do you think they're going to like do an overlay? Or do you think they're going to build a new one? Or port one from the uh, like one of the Asian parks. I think it should be a Shrek roller coaster through the swamp. I would sell my soul for a Shrek ride. They have one. It's at some theme park in Abu Dhabi, not Warner Brothers World, but it's another one. Um, they have like a Shrek ride where it's like Duloc and they're all puppets and it's really cool. But like, imagine you're on a roller coaster. And it's Shrek themed and all star like Smash Mouth that just like playing on full blast as you're on a ride. I I want that to happen. I I think it'd be funny or like trolls. I'd be fine with trolls. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that movie. I cried the first time I watched it. I love it. Yeah, I feel like it depends how quickly. If they're trying to get this done before Horror Nights, I they'll probably just keep the same track I would assume and just kind of change the theming and it probably wouldn't be any kind of crazy 
theming it'd be like painting and maybe some like music and stuff like that shrek would be amazing i I would love that so much i don't know though i'm i'm very intrigued and then i'm like that whole like fibles area like are they gonna turn that into like a playground instead of like a water playground or is it just gonna be like decorative are they gonna add another meet and greet or something like that like maybe they'll do a couple of meet and greets over there so I don't know it's gonna be interesting to see like what they put there and how that changes like the foot traffic of the park because it is all the way in the back and everything like is it gonna stay as kind of a kids area or I don't know yeah as far as horror nights go because I want to get my two cents in on it so they have those two parade warehouses in the back like there's the one the second one where the weekend was it has its like own canopy and all that but then you've got the monster i call the monsters one because that was what was just in there but also had like uh beetlejuice like there's the first one the original one that's smaller uh that one is like right butting up right next to curious george like it's it's right behind it but i i mean it wouldn't be the first year they ever changed it up they can always use more sound stages they can they have the Fast and Furious location. You're going to have the Shrek 4D location or the Minion Ride location that's going to have real estate for a Horror Nights house is what I've heard anyway, like in rumors. Uh, I think Alicia Stella. Shout out Alicia Stella. So like they could still do the 10 houses and not use all use both of them. Uh, but I, I also they had you walk a half mile to Bugs for that one tent house. So they could just put in a new entrance. They could put MIB tent back. There's a number of things that they they could do to still have the tent houses, but I also don't think it's out of the question for them to just reroute the queue to not go through Kid Zone, even though Kid Zone is the most convenient place. They don't necessarily need it, but God bless whoever walks. Two things. Oh yeah, one. I think the only like talking about like rerouting it so it doesn't go through Kid Zone. I feel like most people. I mean, I saw a lot of people complaining about the walk to Bugs. Most of it was joking, but like. It wasn't fun. But also, if they still wanted to use that area, they would have to put, like, really big ticket houses back there to, like, kind of justify it. Like, put Stranger Things back there in the really big one to keep it away from the front of the park. So that frees up that really tiny, narrow, little walking space into New York or, like, do some, I don't even know. I don't know. But also, this is really, I mean, it's not off topic, but it's related to Shrek because we were talking about Shrek. I was at Universal yesterday. And they were making a little shape on the entrance of the Shrek building. There was like a little a little shape that was not there before. It was like a little rectangle and then a big rectangle and they were painting it or they were putting stuff on it. So that was a thing that I saw. Construction update. You mean the old Shrek, like where the, across from Despicable Me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. It kind of looked like a house, but I don't think it is a house, but it kind of looked like one. Hmm. I was like, hmm. That looks new. So I took a mental note for today. I want to know what that is. I know it's like minions, but we don't have, we don't know what the attraction is or anything, right? Yeah, nothing confirmed. Yeah. I honestly think it's going to be villain con or whatever it is. Well, when, the, when they were putting up the structure during Horror Nights, it was literally V-shaped. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. They've got, they've given it away and then they covered it. I'm like, oh no, I was just saying physics, not a tease. <laughs> Also, speaking of construction in that area, the monster spinny thing is gone. And they also <laughs> took away the best freestyle cup refill station. Boo! I know. I, I didn't even, like, realize it until I walked by yesterday. And I was like, something tall is not in my peripheral vision. 
<laughs> like it's not there. So that's kind of upsetting, kind of sad. Really hope construction over there is done by Horror Nights because that walkway was so bad with the wall. It was awful. And with the carnival games, like on the other side, it's just, it's a mess. It's a mess. But you know, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I do think though that whatever they end up doing, I think it's for the best of the park. Kids zone. It was just a matter of time. Like I never was like, no one knows Woody Woodpecker. No one knows Curious George. There's still characters that you can get your kids into. Like people watch E.T. just so the kids can watch and understand and enjoy E.T. adventure even more, which I i don't think I said this. I'm so glad it's staying. I'm so glad that they're like still putting work into it. It's dated, but God, I love it. Um, and I, I enjoy the new Pine Scent and the uh, burning of Rome that happens on the green planet. Like, it's great. I'm so glad love's being put into that. But yeah, whatever new, what's the quote? The quote was, Adventures of Beloved Animated Characters. Whatever animated characters it is, obviously kids are going to connect to that more. And it's it's going to be a good facelift for the park right before Epic Universe, which is going to be so new and so great and so lovely. Yeah, I'm just glad it's getting love. I can't wait for Epic Universe. I'm so excited to have more updates on that that we can talk about. I keep like forgetting it's happening and then I'll see like a picture of construction and I'm like, oh, oh, and then I get really excited. Where is it in regards to Universal? I believe it's five to 10 minutes away. Yeah, okay. it's, it's over by the, if anyone knows where the Lockheed Martin is over there, but it's like across mm. the, I was going to say across the street, but that's not right. That makes it sound like it's right there, but it's yeah. close, but driving distance or it'll be worth the drive it'll be worth the shuttle yeah oh i'm I'm, sure i'm curious how they're going to do like annual passes like is it going to be two or three park or four park like or is it three or four park or they sent out a survey uh, about a year ago i think no just like several months ago and so there were like those different tiers it's like would you do like a 2 p.m and after pass how much would you be willing to pay for that here's some options if these were the only options which ones would you choose or would you not choose any and so like there was the four park pass option for gargantuan prices and then there was like what if you did an eight day pass but it was only studios and islands so they're definitely thinking of ways to um readjust the ticket pricing in creative ways but obviously we won't know what it actually is until it happens happens there's they don't have a pass option for just universal or just islands correct so i'm in i wonder if they bump it up to three and four because it's still like a universal park but also i wouldn't be surprised if they just sell passes to epic universe honestly because it's 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 like i mean it's five to ten minutes away it's its own thing but also i feel like that'd be weird because then you'd have like people who already have a universal pass would have to buy an epic universe it would you know so i feel like i could honestly see them bumping it up to three and i mean the price of the pass would obviously go up a decent amount which i would for epic universe i would be fine paying it i don't care um it's true disney better watch their backs when epic universe comes out because let me tell you if i have to pick one I'm choosing Universal. I'm going with the one that has a Universal Monsters Lands. Exactly. Sorry, (laughs) Will Iger even be CEO when it opens? He'll leave that as his his probably. Probably. Number two. (laughs) Oh, Michael Eisner comes back. (laughs) Oh man! I saw a meme 
that was Bob Iger um, as, to- as yeah, as Andrew Garfield coming out of the portal as Spider-Man Away Home. And then the next slide was, it was like, but wait, or it was something. And it was Michael Eisner coming out of um, Toby's because he was second and it was, it was funny. <laughs> well, if you want to hear more about roller coasters that are interesting, we are going to talk about a really cool one on the Patreon. We are going to talk about the um, Bush Gardens Williamsburg Dark Coaster. So definitely check us out over there. But that's all the news we have for you tonight. Again, my name is Kelly. You can find me on uh, Twitter as killer underscore Kells with an S. And you can find me on Instagram at Kelly D. Hoffman. And there's two E's in Kelly. You can find me over on Instagram at Flynn Riders Nose. And then on Twitter at Bella Harvey with two Y's. And I have been Adam Johnson. You can find me on Twitter at Adam J underscore film. Uh, follow the show too at Workshop TP on Twitter and Theme Park Workshop on the Instagram. Subscribe on your podcast apps on the YouTube and follow us on Patreon. Uh, Patreon? Patreon. Get on the Patreon, uh, just like our patrons, uh, Jonathan Edward and Landon Kenoki. Thank you so much for your patronage. We got a lot of cool, fun stuff over there, like this bonus episode that Kelly was hinting at. So I hope you enjoy all those perks, all that fun stuff. And uh, yeah. Bye. Bye, everyone. Oh my god hello she has a cat <laughs> i forgot your cat's name tuna tuna fish it's tuna fish she's here tuna. a lot of the people tuna that's tuna i love tuna Purring. i love it <laughs> she has very tuna. important things to say so many important <laughs> things um new new guests on the podcast actually <laughs>